What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. Now, like, let's just get to it. The whole secular, sacred divide. There is no distinction in, in the scriptures. Some of us have trust issues with God. And right, some right. of us, yeah, it's like, does God really got us? You can't engage the culture with the gospel that first has not engaged you. Like, you know how people are like, oh, that's just who I am. No. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. Shaping the code. You guys enjoying yourselves? You guys ready for this live conversation? Awesome. Listen, I am so excited for our guest today. I'm truly honored that he's in the building. I've been watching him for some years. Uh, for those who don't know this guy, you're probably living under a rock. He's taking YouTube by storm. Uh, this man doesn't just exegete the text. This man knows how to exegete the culture. Uh, he knows how to speak to the culture in a way that uh, is, yeah, just biblical, um, tr he's, he's a truth teller. One thing I love about this guy, he's unapologetic about what he believes. He's bold. There's a lot of times I watch his videos like, man, I was thinking it, but I'm glad you said it because <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. And more than that, uh, over the last few months, I just had a chance to interact with a little bit. Uh, he's a man of humility. Um, he's a man of character. Uh, just for him to say yes to this and do whatever he can to make this happen uh, means the world to me. So if you guys can please help me give a warm welcome to none other than Ruslan KD. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Hi. He's here. How you feel? I appreciate your flexibility yeah. with the dates and making this happen. Yeah, so I appreciate you. your flexibility. I yes, know you're a busy man here. too. And so, hello, <laughs> hello. I cannot uh, identify as Ethiopian, <laughs> but you guys have a beautiful culture, yeah, yeah. and there's a bit of a feud between the Armenians and the Ethiopians in terms of who was the real first christian nation we know the answer right <laughs> <laughs> you're outnumbered here bro <laughs> i know i know i know i'm gonna leave it alone yeah but we do got a quarter of the old city in jerusalem you know the armenians do sure. so you can have mm -hmm. that okay. <laughs> we're gonna we'll take the first we'll christian we'll nation though <laughs> they don't really like us there anyway <laughs> that's right <laughs> awesome well welcome to this i actually want to say thank you to you guys for also being flexible with the date change because i know some of y'all got tickets for the april 8th date and uh y'all got tickets for the may 5th date and and so we've been all over the place. So thank you guys for being able to make it happen despite all the Shout changes. out to everybody who got tickets on Black Friday. Black Friday. Black Good Friday. Good Friday. Good yeah, Friday. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some real ones. Yeah. yeah. Wrong day. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next one. That's the next one. That's the next one. <laughs> right after like, Thanksgiving. There we're going to come back and do it again. There it is. So. We'll do that. Uh, well, here's what we'll do. For those, again, I, I'm assuming everybody in here knows who you are. But for those who don't. Um, give us a little life background, a little testimony. Um, let us know who you are outside of the YouTube game. Yeah. yeah. I am Ruslan Karoglanov. Uh, I am originally from a country named Azerbaijan, Baku. It's just east of Armenia. And so that whole region used to be Armenia once upon a time ago. And me and my family grew up in Azerbaijan. It used to be a part of the former Soviet Union way, way back in the 80s and early 90s. And because we were ethnically Armenian, Azerbaijan is predominantly a Muslim Arab Arzi state. 
and uh, going all the way back to the Armenian genocide by Turkey in 1915. There's always been tension in that region, specifically of a little autonomous region inside of Azerbaijan that's predominantly Armenian. And so all of this led to these pogroms of Baku in the late 80s. My father and all the men pretty much fleed. Me and my mom, because we're fair-skinned, my mom's adopted by an Armenian family, so she's Russian or Ukrainian. We're not quite sure. The, the uh, forever, what is it, 23andMe DNA? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, she could yeah. be Ukrainian or Russian. <laughs> we don't really know. Uh, because, so we stayed back, and uh, we then went and lived in Moscow for a few months before we came to America in the 90s. Uh, I grew up in San Diego, very different San Diego than it is now in the early 90s, and uh, predominantly black neighborhood, um, fell in love with hip hop music, got into a lot of trouble uh, just because my dad wasn't in my life and it was pretty rough. Got arrested at the age of 11. Um, at 11? At 11, That's yeah. We were, we were the breaking into houses kids. And thankfully my mom had the foresight to, to move us to the North County, which you've been to where we're at. We're, in, we're kind of in a more suburban part. And that, that kind of set the trajectory for me to turn my life around. Got into basketball, thought I was going to go to the NBA. Yeah. And then I discovered an Armenian has never made it to the NBA. Um, How tall are you? I'm 5'10 and a half. Oh, yeah, yeah, Give no me chance. my half. <laughs> Give me my half. You yeah, got 5'10 it, and a half. And yeah, so never, you know, that didn't work out just because of genetics. And uh, I'm only child uh, with my mom, so I wasn't like the best team player in the basketball politics. But that led me to pivot over to music, being on a basketball team, freestyling. Uh, I, I got saved around the same time. And after I got saved, like through deconstruction, because Armenians are ethnically Christian, we're, we're culturally Christian. And so, like, you're, we're the first Christian nation. That's all you hear growing up. And but there was all kinds of issues with within the, the church and my experience within church. And so I, through the door of deconstruction in a bizarre way, through apologetics, yeah. I read this, this incredible huge book called The New Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. Yeah. And over a two-year process of soul-searching and dating a Jehovah's Witness girl, dating a Christian girl, having Muslim friends, having you know all kinds of different friends, I wrestled and then finally landed at Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus wow. is God. That was a two-year process. And uh, about a year and a half after that, I met my wife. Um, we got married four years after that. Uh, six years after that, we had our first kid. And within the first six-month period of having our first kid is when I quit my job. Mm. Working at my church and went full-time with music with uh, Dream Junkies back in 2015. Shout out to Dream Junkies. Dream Junkies yeah. I got the juice. <laughs> you got the juice. Yep. Uh, and so that did that for a little while. That faded. And then pivoted to YouTube and been doing that ever since. Awesome. So that's awesome. a very condensed, compressed version of the testimony. Yes, yeah. yes. I love it. Well, here's what we're going to do. You brought up deconstruction a little bit. The theme is stand firm. And I want to start off by asking the question, have you ever, I know you entered the faith through questioning the faith, but since receiving the faith, um, have you ever questioned the faith, wrestled with the faith? Did 2020 throw you off a little bit? Uh have you ever had a season of wrestle doubt? And if so, what did that look like? And how did you endure that? I was fortunate in that I worked out a lot of it on the front end. And I also was fortunate in that I had a lot of mentors early on that 
were solid, that loved Jesus, that had a high view of the scriptures, but were operating outside of the evangelical industrial complex. So a lot of the stuff that we kind of saw hit the fan, we were talking about that stuff 15 years ago. Like we were talking about like young earth creationists and like, right? Like yeah. social issues. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, even police brutality, like back in 2004, 2005, we were having these conversations very early on. So I was fortunate in that. And then I'll end, and I was also fortunate I had that foundation, and then I dove really deep into the San Diego slam poetry scene. Mm. So if anybody's ever done anything slam poetry related in the secular side, I mean, it's very not Christian, yeah, to yeah. say the least. So I, it, it, we would have these, like, debate-like poems, you mm. know, where I would do, a, wow. an atheist would do a poem mocking Christianity. I would write a spoken word poem, come back to the open mic uh, and shred him. And, yeah. and it, it, so, so I was fortunate to have these hard conversations, but yeah. to also be faced with a lot of the inconsistencies pretty early yeah. uh, in that community, yeah. which I just, I feel like kind of equipped me. Yeah. I, I'm trying to be honest on, I think I always like will wrestle with like secondary issues you know, right now, something I'm thinking through is uh, deliverance ministries and how does that look and how do Christians get demonized and what is that? You know, like, how does that get? Flat? So I'm like, that's something I'm kind of trying to figure out. You know, I got friends that are like on the cutting edge of that world. And then I'm also like, yeah, I don't know about all that, you know. And so uh, that's something that like I'm deconstructing, reconstructing, trying to figure out right now. So I think I'm always thinking about things, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. So yeah, yes, but they're always non-essentials. Mm. And by non-essentials, I mean, I'm not questioning the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. I'm not questioning if Jesus is God. I'm not questioning if the scriptures are inspired, you know? I, I can go down the rabbit hole of textual criticism and mm. watch those and how yeah. many different manuscripts are there and how did we get our, all that stuff is super fascinating to yeah. me, but none of it changes the the foundation. And it's almost like, I look at faith through the lens of my own transformative, regenerated experience. Yeah, so yeah. I, faith is not the same as certainty, mm. but you can be certain yeah. about the things that you've walked through in faith. Yeah, that's good. That's, right? that's so, a word. So yeah. I can't be like, I am certain that Jesus rose and I have video footage that we can put on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. That would be certainty, yeah. right? But what I am certain is in me placing my faith yeah. in Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he did something to my heart. Yeah. And in hindsight, I am certain that he is who he says That's he is. That's good, man. That's good. And so it's almost That's like, good. try Jesus, not me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's Shout right. out to Toby. <laughs> Toby. Right? Toby. You I know, love so that. Yeah. If we flesh that out, I think that that's the beauty in, in the conversation because we can get into yeah. the particulars and all that stuff. But has Jesus transformed your heart? Yeah. That's powerful. I'm fascinated by your testimony because it's unlike most people's testimony. Uh, I think in our culture, this is a generalization. I know Yoni doesn't like generalizations, but I love generalizations. <laughs> they exist for a reason. They exist. Thank you, Ruslan. <laughs> we got that on tape. Uh, uh, generally speaking, in Christian culture, we celebrate conversion, but we don't know what to do with discipleship. It's mm, good. Jesus says, "Go and make disciples of all nations." He doesn't say, "Go and make converts." Yep. And I think, you know, conversion is powerful and it's, you know, we should celebrate that and we should pursue that. But the question is, do we know what we've been converted to? Yep. Do we know what we believe? And it yep. sounds like, and, and I think about Jesus too. He says, who builds a house before considering what it takes yeah. to build a house? Yeah. Jesus says, you know, the foxes have holes, birds have nests, the son of man has nowhere to lay here. He's letting his disciples know, yo, before you say yes to this, let me break down what you're saying yes to. Yeah, that's good. 
And so there's this discipleship process. And I see that with your journey too. Why do you think discipleship is not, well, do you agree with me that discipleship is not uh, uh, celebrated or it's not at the forefront of the conversation in Christian culture? And if you do agree with me on that, why do you think that is an issue? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I think discipleship is doing life with someone as a season ahead of you. And sometimes it doesn't have to be this formal, like, you, I am discipling you, right? Like, we, yeah, we yeah. see discipleship and everybody thinks, like, you got you to gotta act like Jesus to certain people yeah. and you need to be, you know, like, underneath someone. Yeah. And I don't think it's always that overt and linear. Yeah, yeah. I've discipled tons of people. Seldom have I said, I am discipling you. Yeah, yeah. I've led a lot of people personally to Jesus. Yeah. Seldom have I ever said, I led him to Jesus, right? right? right. So it's like this weird thing where I think sometimes it can it, people can get weird about it because it can get weird. Yeah, yeah, it can yeah. be abused. Yeah. It could be weaponized. But yes, That's I right. think foundationally, discipleship is a huge aspect of it. And I would just reduce it to doing life with someone that's a season ahead of you. So my wife has women who are in their late 40s who have teenagers mm. and she does life with them. Yeah. That's discipleship. Yeah, that's and there's wisdom she gleams about what it's like dealing with an eight-year-old and a two-year-old, right? And there's there's value there. So I would say on a, on the most foundational level, yeah. and we don't really have that in church. Like if you think about the, the evangelical experience, I don't know everyone's here, not an evangelical, but yeah. you have like big church and yeah. then you have youth group and then you have junior high group and everyone's kind of segregated. Yeah, I don't know right. if that's wow. always a, the best model, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, I get it. Having sixth graders and 12th graders in the same room in a youth group could be weird, right? But if you have the older men pouring into the teenage boys and and there's this multi-generational thing happening, I don't think it has to be as overt. So yes, I would say yes. Um, Why? I think because we don't have a a healthy demonstration of it. And I think Mm -hmm. sometimes the people who are really into it just get weird and abuse it. (laughs) It's just like, we're going to sit down every Monday at Chick-fil-A at 6 a.m. and I'm going to walk you through this book. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what, bro? Like, can we just hang out? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Can we just like, I don't yeah. know, like have some keto cookies? Yeah, keto cookies, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't Shout out sugar. to Rusan, by the way. You see how the weight he dropped? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, so a lot has happened in the last two, three years. Um, you have done a phenomenal job on on your channel doing your best to address some of these things and offer truth and hope. Um, what do you think our culture, our Christian culture needs right now? What do you think we're struggling in and what, what steps do we need to take to start overcoming some of the demons that we're facing? Oh man, that's a loaded question. It is. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot. Yeah. I think there's a lot. I think top two, top two, top two in your mind, in your mind. I think there is, an ideology that has crept into a lot of our psyches from sources and principalities that we don't even know the origin of. And I think it's shaped a lot of how we think and view things. And I think it's prevalent all over the world and it's like crept into the church. And so I think offense is at a very all time high. I think a lack of charity is at an all-time high. I think people blaming the outside system for internal decisions or lack of decisions that they've made is at an all-time high. And I, and I think a lot of that is this, this spirit of the air that's like really has done a number on people's worldview. And so I think there's 
a part of the deconstruction is a lot of people wrestling with a biblical worldview, which is deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow Jesus, and a secular, I don't even want to say secular, but a worldly worldview that's what you feel is superior. Mm -hmm. Your truth is the truth. And how dare anyone judge you or tell you that you can improve in your life. Wow. And, and wow. I think those two, I would say that that's the biggest thing. I think those two things yeah. are at war with each other right now. Yeah. I would say what led to that mm. is a lack of empathy from the church mm. for certain demographics of people, yeah. marginalized people, yeah. and being cold-hearted. Yeah. And so now, if I don't feel like I belong right. with the Christians, well, maybe the Marxists that want to disrupt the nuclear family, mm. maybe I'll go with them. Wow. Because yeah. they're at least addressing the problems. Right, right, you right, know? right. That's good. Yeah. You know, th- this reminds me of Jesus's priestly prayer in John 17, where he says, um, the world will know that you are my disciples, by the way, yeah. that you love one another. Yes. Yes. And I feel like um, in today's day and age, the way we try to do apologetics. <laughs> Apologi- <laughs> hey, I'm using that. Matt, no, I'm using that. Yeah. <laughs> the way we try to do apologetics is you know, let's put on a big conference. Mm. Uh, let's invest in these great lights. Um, let's, uh, let's put on a concert. Um, we love programs. These are the things that we hope to win people over with. But Jesus laid out the formula for us. He's like, what's going to attract people to who I am is empathy. It's love. It's unity. And so I guess my question for you is why do you think we have deviated away from Christianity 101. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's a great question. Why have we deviated? I what, think what some of the reasons. That's I think question. there's there's a there's a power dynamic involved when you talk about the institution of what churches became in America. And when power gets consolidated, it, it can just it can just get weird. And I think there's a lot of people that don't know how to process that from the celebrity pastor aspect all the way down to the church that's been around for thousands of years you know it's it's a it's a weird power imbalance and so i I don't know how we've deviated but i think we definitely need to get back to it and i think that ultimately love and by the way and love isn't always peaches and 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 like i'm not going to be confrontational and soft That's with good. you yeah. sometimes love is telling somebody the hard truth right. because yeah. i love you yeah. i have to tell you yes. if you keep doing this yes. you will self destruct yeah. that is loving yeah. right yeah. so i think but 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 it's in a lot of sense how you say it yeah. you know it's yeah, yeah. The, the, the context in which you say it and so i think we've deviated but at least we know what true north is right like at least we know what, what true north is i think the internet has compounded it yeah, because now right. everyone has a has a voice. Yeah, and it's like people who may have rough day to day experiences can go and vent in comments and tweets, and and it's cathartic and yeah. it feels good. Yeah, and then what happens from a content creation standpoint is that mm. is this concept called audience capture. So the best content is us versus them, and so people are, are upset. Some yeah. of them rightfully so. So yeah. now we're just gonna make. I'm just going to keep feeding them red meat over and over again. And whether or not I really all the way agree with what I'm saying doesn't matter because I know it's going to get views and engagement. And that's, that's, that's across the board. I don't care if it's Sean King or Ben Shapiro. 
you giving red meat. Yeah. Yeah, look at this. Get everybody be outraged right now. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And then there becomes this like euphoria of right. outrage porn. Wow. And I think that the church totally falls into it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's real. Um, and I think there's something about desensitization as well. When you're mm. online yeah. and you're constantly being fed the outrage, before you know it, you think that out, outrage is the right response yeah. to whatever it is that yeah. we're facing as a nation. We, you know, we've been doing this tour and, and, you know, we were in Minneapolis yesterday and something KB said was, you know, we, we were not meant to have the heart to handle all the problems yeah. in the world. Yeah, he's spot on. And I think one of the reasons why we've lost our empathy or why we've been desensitized or why we feed into the outrage yeah. is because we open ourselves up to something that we were never called to be opened up to. Yes. And so now you're on Twitter and you're confronted with issues all over the country and then all over the world. Yep. And you don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to care, but I don't care because I am bombarded. Yes. And so the easy thing to do is outrage yeah. or what have you. Yeah. Speak to something I've really appreciated about you is, you know, you are a man of discipline. Uh, you are someone that does the right things and the hard things. You talk about, you know, eating right or working out, things of that nature, getting your money right. Talk about the necessary, the, the necessity for discipline in our spiritual formation so that we can curate and cultivate the heart that we need to be the kind of disciples that Jesus called us to be. I mean, the, the core root of disciple is discipline, right? And I, discipline doesn't mean like white knuckling it. Mm. Discipline is not like, I'm just going to deny myself all sources of dopamine yeah yeah right because yeah. that ain't gonna work <laughs> yeah yeah that's right discipline is creating systems yeah with the right sources of dopamine yeah so that you can actually flourish yeah, yeah. right so you take something like we're gonna go here let's go here Is that's why children we're here. in the room no <laughs> you take something you take something like sex okay right sex is an amazing beautiful gift from god yeah Right. Everyone is hardwired or mostly everyone. I'm going to speak in generalities. Right. <laughs> mostly everyone is hardwired to desire intimacy in yeah, that regard. Yeah, that's right. The world tells you have it with whoever you want to have it with. Mm. Do it whenever you're just a highly evolved animal. Mm. And, if, and of course you I mean, of course you want to have pleasure. Right, right. Right. God says, no, I have actually made this for a specific context yeah. and a specific covenant with yeah. a specific person. Yeah. And the pathway of God will actually lead to more pleasure. Mm. So it's not that wow, I'm white knuckling discipline yeah. to not don't think about sex, don't think about sex, don't think about sex, don't think about sex, <laughs> don't think about sex. It's that I'm creating outlets that are healthy and productive to get me to the ultimate thing that I want. And that empirical data backs up is true, mm. which is the people most satisfied sexually uh. are the people who are in Christian marriages mm. who practice their faith yeah. with lower amounts of partners mm. that stay committed to each other. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's great. That, think yeah, about that for a data. second. Yeah. The world says <laughs> variety. Yeah, 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 yeah. The data says yeah. less variety <laughs> increases your satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. That's good. The more variety, the less likely you are to be satisfied. I say this with a disclaimer and the caveat. Please hear me. That if if you have a testimony like I have a testimony, right, there's right. grace and there's mercy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but 
there are realities we're going to have to deal with. Yeah, so yeah. the world is like variety, go out, do your thing, yeah. right? Have as many partners as you want, this and that. Yeah. God is like, no, 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 no. One partner yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah. And then when you look at the data of mm. who's the less likely to get divorced, mm. who's the least likely to, who's the more likely to be satisfied, yeah. it's the people who live with yeah. restraint. Right, 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 right. So we're not we're denying ourselves dopamine indefinitely. We're 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 yeah. doing it in a way that that is actually optimal for our flourishing. It's good. good. And then if you do marriage the way God recommends you do marriage, or, yeah. or the God the way the scriptures outline, yeah. If you if you love your wife the way Christ loved the church, yeah. lay down your life for her. Yeah. If you if you lead your family well, right? If you provide for their needs, all of a sudden. There, there develops over time this safety and this exploration and this amazing union. And surprisingly, it gets better. Yeah. All of it gets better. Yeah. And again, the world doesn't talk about that. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. And so, and this is applicable to anything. This That's is right. applicable to food. Yeah. Like, yes, I lost weight, but you don't think I have dessert anymore? <laughs> yeah. Bro, I had two keto cheesecakes yesterday <laughs> and i ate my wife's other half today yeah 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 keto cheesecake <laughs> and i got up and was still lower on the scale yeah you see what i'm saying That's so it's right. not that i'm yeah, like yeah. living this life where all i eat is broccoli and right, chicken right, right but when you primarily That's eat good, broccoli man. and chicken then you can have the dessert right. and it not affect you negatively yeah. it could actually fuel you to That's your good. purpose That's so good that reminds me of what jesus says he says i have come to give you life and life to the fullest yes. And I think sometimes like I struggle in my faith or I, I've seen friends struggle with their faith because deep down the struggle is I just don't think that God's way is the best way. Um, I just feel like I got to try it that way. I got to do it this way sure. to, to, to truly increase in pleasure or satisfaction. But speak to the somebody once said the root of all of our sin is unbelief. Mm -hmm. So when we do something wrong, deep down, we believe that what God says about it is not true. Yeah. And we believe that there's a greater truth. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm obeying that or subscribing to that. Yes. So the great, so if, if, if we have a sin issue, we have an unbelief issue. Good, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so oftentimes I have found in my life that doing it God's way yeah. isn't the best way. Yeah. And I've got to figure it out on my own. Yeah. But as you're talking, the data shows right. that God's way is always, always. the best way. I, I think about David who says in the Psalms, when I kept secret, my sins, my bones mm -hmm. wasted away. Yep. Science and data tells us today that secrets yep. are associated with heart disease. Come on. <laughs> that good. if you keep secrets to you, if you do not confess your sin, yeah. there's mental issues that can wow. arise from that. So the data says we were not meant yes. as humans to keep things in the dark. Yep. We were called to bring things to the light. And so science is on God's side, but there is this struggle yep. that God's way isn't always the best way, that God's way isn't leading to ever life, yes. uh, everlasting life. Yes. Can you speak to maybe what we need to do or maybe a step or two we can take to trust God at his word and know that he yeah. can be trusted? Yeah. Well, I think, one, we have to discover what God's ways are. Yeah. So some of us have a distorted theology. Like, even yeah. when we started talking about sex, some of y'all are like, it's dirty. <laughs> yeah. It's dirty. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. So save it for your husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense, yeah. <laughs> right? 
So we have a bad theology around that. Yeah. And, and dig this, and this is how we do it. And I'm not speaking in absolute theological statements, but then the, the, the distorted theology is there's a whole book that Jewish boys weren't even allowed to read till they were older mm. called Song of Solomon. Yeah, that's right. And if you read that, that is an erotic book. It is. Yeah. And then what do we do? Some Christians, not all, but some take it and be like, yeah, that's really about Jesus and the church. <laughs> like, what? Huh? <laughs> do you understand what's yeah, going yeah. Like, Like, read it in a, a, re, a modern translation. Right, Don't read right. the KJV. <laughs> read it in something you could understand. In the message if you have that's to. What, yeah. Right? So we, we'll take it and, and, and so we'll distort the ways of God, because yeah. we don't have a healthy theology of the word of God. That's good, man. That's and good. and I'm not, again, if you view Song of Solomon as allegorical, like I'm not throwing stones. Yeah. I just think you're wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and weird. Yeah. Okay. But if you have a healthy, robust theology yeah. of sex, of money, yeah. right? We, 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 we struggle with finances. And then there's a whole book called Proverbs pretty much about finances yeah. right live on less than what you make pay off your debts yeah. work your land don't chase fantasies mm. plant for a ne another season yeah. you know like yeah. all these yeah. different very the best self-help advice is in proverbs <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a whole book about it yeah, yeah. and it would be like well you know jesus said that it's harder for a rich man to enter the eye of a needle. <laughs> and it's like, are you reading that passage in context? Right, right. Yeah. Are you reading that there was a, a a rich man's grave who was a follower of Jesus? Yeah. Who Jesus was buried in his tomb? Mm -hmm. It was a rich man, that right? right, right. And, and, it's, and it's not to divert to a prosperity gospel, right, right. but I think some of us have a poverty gospel. That's right. Yeah. And then when you got a poverty gospel, you're like, well, what's the point? I mean, yeah. I'm just going to be average i'm yeah. just going and so so i got a distorted view of sex yeah because i think song of solomon is about me and jesus yeah. <laughs> i got a distorted view of money because the rich man right yeah and you're reading acts wrong yeah yeah well, they sold everything yeah. no they could they, they sold and gave what they wanted yeah. and then when ananias and sapphira got caught it was because they withheld and peter right. tells him you could have said keep all of it keep some of it you didn't have to that's why right. you lied that's, that's why they died that's it, so yeah. we got a distorted view of money and then all of these all of these theological ways are actually not god's ways mm. that, that where we we have a distortion of scripture and then when you think about it okay well what is it what where is that full life that you talk mm. about is yeah. going to be on the other side of living a life of restraint yeah having a healthy relationship with these things, yeah. living on less than what you make, staying out of debt, yeah. saving up, having an emergency fund. Yeah. Why? So that when you get married, you can have the type of life when you have kids that your wife can stay home if she wants to. Mm. By the way, 56% of women surveyed who work would have preferred to stay home if given the opportunity mm. to. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. <laughs> this is Gallup. I didn't make this. This is Gallup surveyed working women with kids under 18. With kids under 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's the key, yeah. 56% of working women, not Christian women, not conservative women, <laughs> yeah. not pro-life women, working women yeah. with kids 18 and under would have preferred to stay home had they been given the opportunity mm. to. Maybe not forever. Right. Right? I would love to see how those numbers look for kids five and under. Right, right. Right? Yeah. So, so here's, what the, here's what the data is saying. Yeah. And then we're like, yo, you're, you're, you, don't, you don't have any useful skills. Yeah. You don't know how to earn. Yeah. You, you, you got a weird view of sex. Yeah. 
and then you get married and wonder why your life is dysfunctional. <laughs> That's good, man. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. you get up under some healthy teaching of yeah. what God's ways are. Right, right. And then you can change and create an environment yeah. where, hey, I feel close for women. They I feel close to my husband and yeah. I want to be intimate because I feel like we're protected and we're stable. Right, right, right. Not right. yo, if we if we get a flat tire. We can't make the rent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You live in your life on the edge. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right? And so, of course, she's not going to want to be as intimate with you. Yeah. Right? And then you got men coming in with a distorted view of, of I'm going to marry the Christian porn star. We're going to get it on six <laughs> days a week. Yeah. Right? And it's yeah. like, bro, if you marry, a, fellas, hear me. I, I know. I know we're getting explicit. Fellas, we're listen here. to me. This is LA. If you, I know, right? We're here, I got bro. a whole nother thing on that. <laughs> fellas, if you marry a woman that hasn't been promiscuous, it's going to take a while to find your rhythm in that department. If you marry a virgin, it may take even longer. It, it, it may hurt for a while. You have to be sober about this. Yeah, so you're yeah. thinking you're about to just jump in and six days a week, and it's like, bro, yeah. it was hard for me and my wife. Right, right. It took us years yeah. to find our rhythm, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so to answer your question, we don't know the ways of God. That's good. Because we don't know the word of God. Yeah. And if we can learn the word of God, good, then we man. will discover the ways of God. Yeah. And if we walk in the ways of God, and the ways of God are so good that even non-Christians yeah. can get in on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. If non-Christians handle their money God's ways, <laughs> live on less than what you make, develop some useful skills, learn what your land is, mm. save up for a rainy day, yeah. they will get the same benefits, yeah. right? That's how yeah. good God's ways are. Yeah, yeah. If we live God's ways then we will always be in God's will. Mm. We think God's will That's is this good, fork in the road destination of yeah. what is my purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's like your purpose is to know God and make him known. That's good, man. But if yeah. you're in the ways of God, yeah. you will be in the will of God. Yeah. And your will of God may, the, the will of God for your life may change per season. Right. Your assignment may change. Your vocation That's right. may change. Yeah. But you'll be splat in the middle of where you're supposed to be. Right. We equate purpose and all this with work yeah which is very which yeah. is very rude if you think about yeah, it yeah yeah you meet people and you're like so what do you do <laughs> I, i'm a husband yeah <laughs> what else do you do i'm a father yeah what else why is right so right. we got this That's distorted good, view of yeah. work with purpose yeah yeah and so if we know what the word of god says we'll know what the ways of gods are and then if we do what the ways of gods are we'll be in the will of god yeah Bars. Do all of that. Bars. Do all of that through yeah. your deconstruction. <laughs> Try this. Do all of that through your deconstruction. Yeah. Do that for a year. Go to church. Be generous. Be committed. Get discipled. Live your life with restraint. Learn how to handle your money. Learn how to handle your sexuality. Do that for a year. And all the hard questions, yeah. you could have those. I don't care if you think Genesis was literal. <laughs> or right. I don't care. But do that for a year. Yeah. And tell me you don't see... Mm. radical yeah in, you know impact on that's your life that's good man that's so good i love it <laughs>